Hallo, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter? A podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Steven Schouten, Business Development Manager, Intelligent Automation at Visma Connect. On this episode, we talk about hyper-automation in logistics and how to create superhumans. Please enjoy my conversation with Steven Schouten. Steven, welcome to the show. Hi. Um, my first question is always, does logistics matter? Yes, of course. Logistics does matter. Yeah. Good. Then you're on the right show. Um, c- can you tell our listeners uh, how you ended up in logistics? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, it, it's pretty much a very per- big personal interest of myself. Uh, because if I look at logistics, um, then, then you see that logistics has a key role in basically everything that we do from day to day. So if it is uh, buying something on Amazon and getting it delivered uh, on the same day at your house or uh, getting a shipment of cattle from Uruguay to China, which I have been involved in, uh, logistics is a key part in, in everything that we do. And that, that's something I find extremely fascinating. Uh, and what you also see now and in the past and basically at all the points in time um, is that when logistics is done right, then everything else um, is already almost done. And that's a very nice thing to see. Yeah, great. Um, uh, so so how did you end up uh, moving cattle? Uh, yeah, I had actually um, a small, small a business in, uh, in China where we were going to sell uh, milk uh to um to a to a nestle a big uh, big dairy uh, company um because in china there was uh, at least back then i'm not sure how it is now but at least back then there was a huge shortage of uh, good quality milk and with our expertise from the west so from the united states and from the netherlands we went there to see um can we do something for the chinese uh to produce good quality milk so we wanted to build six uh, farms um for the milk production and in china there is a law that you can only get your cows from certain countries uh, and uruguay was one of them so we wanted to get those cows from uh, from uruguay great interesting project very interesting um and 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 how uh, is logistics um weaved into your in the job into the job you have today yeah um well and now i'm more into uh it so instead of uh, um well since, since i was a kid i was sort of in farming but now i'm more in uh, in it uh, and that's actually a really good um, combination, IT and uh, and logistics, because a lot of there's a lot of room to improve IT-wise in the logistics sector. So what I said yeah. before, um, when logistics is done right, a lot of the process is done right already. And IT is something that really can improve uh, the whole uh, supply chain uh, communication within logistics and also just internal matters that need can be automated. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, when you say uh, automation uh, and logistics, um, uh, usually what people see are uh, these the, the robots that are, are moving around in uh, in the Amazon warehouse, uh, or, or the the robots that are moving ar- around in uh, in warehouses, uh, uh, helping order pickers or uh, automated uh, f- forklifts mm-hmm. that that move product. Uh, is that that is that the automation you're talking about? No, that, that's actually not the automation I'm talking about. Um... Uh, we're actually talking about uh, business process automation, more in the IT system themselves. So you can think of examples like uh, administrative processes that can be automated. 
so for example, uh, one employee has to uh, fill in orders into a certain system to uh, to process them. Processes like that then can be automated. So it's more like automating the, um, the person uh, or helping the person in the office instead of at a factory or at a uh, warehouse. Okay, so you, you mentioned uh, order processing. Uh, are there other points in the uh, in the logistics operation that are, are suitable for this type of automation? Um, well, there is it's it's extremely broad where you can use it, and basically you can use it in, in many IT processes. So it's important in this one that's uh, actually an IT process. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, two or more systems involved in a certain line of processes. Um, but then you can basically automate anything. You can think of uh, automating, for example, customer service. So instead of um, uh, replying to an email yourself, you can have automated replies specific specific for the for the question. Um, so of course, when you say automated email, it's easy because uh, when I'm out of the office, I just do an out of office reply <laughs> and you get an automated response. Yeah. But it goes, of course, a little bit further than that. Yeah. So you send an email with quite a complex question, maybe. Uh, so where's my uh, where's my cargo? Or uh, how long do I have to wait? And um, or can you do something for me? And using uh, the proper automation tools, you can actually um, let an artificial intelligence robot see that email. Uh, see what's actually in that email and also process it to uh, a following step. Ah, because some questions need to go to customer service, other uh, uh, questions need to go to a transportation planner. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And you, that's, for example, a start. Uh, you, you can start there, um, but you can go as far as you want. So first, you, you mentioned it actually, uh, uh, absolutely correctly. Um, so it can be an order that needs to be processed. So you get an email and it uh, checks, does it need to go to customer support, need to go somewhere else? Fine, we can do that. But what happens after that? Those, if a human then takes it on, yes, sure. But also maybe that process can be automated. What we see a lot of the time um, is that we automated one simple process to start with, uh, but then we find, hey, but then it gets to that person. And yeah, that can also be automated. And that's a very interesting about um, automation within those processes. So, uh, what are the, what are the requirements for a process uh, uh, that that makes it make make it suitable uh, for automation? Um, yeah, I, w I mentioned one thing already. So, uh, need to be IT systems uh, involved uh, mm -hmm. for this sort of office work. Uh, but another important thing is that there are um, a lot of uh, things that need to be happen repeatedly. So, emails that need to be uh, that need to be responded to uh, um, repeatedly. Um, but you can also think of reports that need to be filled out. So you've got uh, certain reports and they need certain key figures in that report. can do it manually, but can also do it by the machine. Well, what then is the question that you need to ask? You might have to do that every month or every, uh, every year. But if that only takes maybe one hour per month, maybe that's, that's okay to do it manually. It really matters when you start to do those kind of processes uh, multiple times over, um, well, that, that you actually can save tangible time. So if you have the same report that you need to use uh, one hour with, uh, you have to you need to work one hour on that report. Mm -hmm. um, if you need to do the 10, 100 times per month, well, then then it's very good to automate that process. Okay. Um, and um, so it needs to be repetitive tasks? Repetitive tasks, okay. yeah. Um, so, so what's the, what's the benefit for, uh, uh, what's the benefit for me as an employee uh, if uh, a robotic process 
uh, automates my, my tasks. Yeah, um, yeah. I always like to refer to that to a certain book. Uh, the book is called Human Plus Machine, and that basically uh, describes that perfectly. So um, it doesn't replace per se a human, but it makes a human a superhuman. That's how the book describes it. Hey, do you know the writer by any chance? I will have to look that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, but um, what happens there is, uh, so you get in the, at, the, at the office, just an example that I had myself as well when I worked at a call center. I come at the office at nine o'clock and the first thing I see is a mailbox um, with 100, 200 emails in there yeah. that people send them overnight. Well, my first two, three hours will go to check that mailbox and allocate the mails to the certain people that need to act with them. Well, it would be for me a lot easier when I come at home, uh, come to the office at nine o'clock, I get my coffee and the email box is empty because it's already allocated to the right people. So I start my day with a clear mind. I don't have to spend three hours with stuff that I don't really want to do anyway. It's not really added value because I want to be working with the customers instead of with allocating mails to other colleagues of mine. Ah, okay. Because usually there's, uh, uh, there's a lot of fear, I think, um, when people hear about uh, robots is that, you know, the robots are coming and, you know, th there goes my job. Yeah. So the end goal of uh, robotic process automation is not replacement of people, uh, but making them superhuman. Making them superhuman. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think that's the right word. Making them feel um, that they do a valuable job and actually add value to the customers and be there for the customer instead of for their internal processes. Yeah. Yeah, most repetitive uh, tasks are also, I think, uh, well, look at data entry, for example. Uh, they're, they're just because they are so tedious and so repetitive, uh, it's, it's easy for errors to sneak in. Exactly. And um, small typos uh, in a logistics process can, can lead huge to huge consequences. Yes, can have huge, huge consequences. And yeah. then, of course, the robot doesn't have a Friday, uh, a Friday dip. <laughs> or doesn't have a Monday morning, so that's also an added benefit. Yeah, that. yeah, didn't have a bad night of sleeping. Or, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, I agree. Uh, can you uh, talk about uh, uh, one of these logistics operations uh, where you have turned uh, regular uh, logistics operators into superhumans? Yeah, we have done quite a few, uh, but I like to point out one in particular because it really indicates how a small number can, up, can add up to, uh, to a big number in the long term. Uh, so there's a big company and they have about uh, 5,000 um, support uh, questions every, every quarter or so. Um, what happens? So the support question comes in and a person needs to allocate it to a certain department, depending on what's included in that uh, ticket. So uh, for one question needs to go to department A and for the other question needs to go to department B. Yeah. Uh, besides that, that's also important that there are certain priorities. Uh, so some uh, questions have a, a priority, so it needs to be fixed within hours. And others have a little bit less priority and have to be fixed in uh, 14 days or, or a little bit less. Um, so those are two important factors. Um, I explained that before with a, my email example as well. Um, in this case, um, uh, what happened before, before we uh, automated that process, so I had a person working on uh, on the process to check that those emails, check those support uh, questions, and allocate them to the right person, and also giving the priority with that uh, with a specific question. Um, took about five minutes per question. Um, it doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but when that adds up to about five thousand per quarter, 
well, you get to about, well, exactly 419 hours. Um, oh, wow. Uh, and that's a time that can be saved within uh, within three months. And it's quite a, well, it wasn't very easy process, but it was very doable. So what we did there is with AI, uh, with artificial intelligence, with mm-hmm. uh, text classification, we see what's actually in that support email. Um, and based on that, we allocate it to the right people. And it's also, which makes it really interesting is that's also it learns itself. So uh, a support ticket can contain open text. And yeah. open text is, uh, well, maybe there's people listening uh, who have a background in artificial intelligence. It's, it's mm-hmm. extremely difficult to, uh, to process. What's well, difficult to process? Because it can change in any time. So one question I can ask you, I can ask it 20, 30 different, uh, different ways while asking exactly the same thing. Um, so what it does is with every question that is allocated to a certain person, it also indicates um, how sure the, the robot is in, um, in, 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 in the content of that question. Mm-hmm. So for example, if it's 80% sure, I'm, the robot is sure enough and it goes right to my colleague. If it's only 50%, so we say the robot is not too sure, um, then we have a person look at it see if it's okay or if it's not okay. And if he sees, oh, it's okay, then the robot knows that for the next time a question like that comes in. Okay. If it's not okay, he also knows that for the question. Yeah. So that's how the robot will actually learn towards the future. And the time saved will be, uh, well, will be more and more and more. Yeah, I'm seeing that uh, when I use uh, Feedly. It's, a, it's an R- R- RSS reader that I, I use to stay... Uh, uh, yeah, to stay uh, knowledgeable about what happens in logistics. I follow various blogs and sites there. Uh, and it, it always it also has uh, the little sign of the robot with it. And it says, um, uh, I, I forgot the name of the robot, but it has a, like a cute name. And it says, is uh, 80% sure that this article is about supply chain? Is he correct? Yeah. So it, I, sometimes I click the button and sometimes I don't. Uh, but I guess when you do this in a business process, uh, the person uh, it, the person has to because yeah. the email needs to go to the left or to the right. Exactly, exactly, yeah. true. Great. Um, and then uh, and you talk about uh, priorities. So so if this is about a shipment that's about to be stopped at a border, uh, which which can cause delays, that means uh, high priority. Yeah. And if it's a question uh, if the if the boat's still at sea then uh, so you have a little bit more time to, uh, to, to solve the issue. Yeah, true. It's, it's, it's nice that you mentioned the, the second, uh, the second uh, question uh, or the second case, uh, because there, and that's other, another case how we can automate certain things. And that's uh, why would you send me an email uh, with asking where my shipment is? It's very easy to actually ask that on the website. So, and that's also something that you can automate. Why? Because an email, it's quite... Um, well, it's it's a bigger um, uh, it's a bigger step to take mm-hmm. uh, in for asking your uh, where your shipment is. It's a lot easier and a lot more helpful for your customer to have a place on your website where you can ask it. And that's also something that can be automated. So what we've also done is uh, put a simple chat solution on the homepage of uh, of a website. Um, use a connection towards the well the, where the information is stored at the customer. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to pick up the shipment information and uh, communicate that back to the um, to the person who asks it. And the nice thing of that one is, well, then maybe we need a, um, an, a well a good back end with all the information stored very neatly. 
But that's not the case, uh, because what we can also do is use, uh, that's called robotic process automation, is get the information from an Excel sheet or from a Word document. It doesn't matter where it is, and we can get the information as long as the robot is instructed to not, so it knows where it gets the information, it can get to the next step in the process. Yeah, so it can grab information from a warehouse management system or an order management system or a transportation management exactly. system. As long as it is, uh, if it's it taught how to do that one, yeah. Hmm. No, that that is that is interesting. I it takes a lot more more time to draft an email than to just uh, plug in your order number or ask a quick question. True. Yeah, it yeah. definitely is. And that's uh, and that's why also at a start I mentioned uh, me shopping at Amazon. Yeah. Because I can also at any moment in time I can see where my package is from Amazon. And somehow in within uh, business to business logistic, it's it's a lot more difficult to get your shipment information. And this might actually be a good first step to that you can take to make that more clear for your customers. To hey, where is my shipment? Where is my uh, my cargo at the moment? Um, and are, and are you seeing that um, until now these processes are all written, or is there also already some some speaking uh, on the horizon? I mean, I find that uh, when I'm you know at home. Um, if I say uh, I say hey Google good night, then uh, you know then Google turns off all the lights. So um, do you already see companies uh, using voice uh, to uh, uh, yeah for this process? Uh, no, maybe Amazon will do that uh, because they have basically infinite resources. But normal tools and also very accessible tools for everyone. Uh, those are. Those are all written. Yeah, basically those are all written. Because voice, so I mentioned already that uh, you can ask a question in 20 different types. When when we write to each other, mm -hmm. that's even more when we speak to each other because you have a different accent maybe or you have a different uh, tone in your voice and that's a lot more difficult. And how do you respond then? Do you respond by text or do you respond by voice? And how is that voice? And does it have the same? So it's a lot more difficult. And voice is, of course, a lot more difficult to detect what it actually says and also formulate the right answer to that. And text in that case, is, it's, it's a lot easier. Yeah, no, I, I can understand. So that's definitely a future, a, yeah, a future, yeah. future development. So, so if we look at uh, automation and, and we look at uh, logistics uh, and already the developments are, are, are exciting, um, what do you see uh, looking forward? Uh, yeah, I think the biggest development uh, happening in the coming years uh, has everything to do regarding sustainability and in specific the um, CO2 reporting to the government. So concerning also the Paris Agreement, uh, countries now have to uh, know how much CO2 is emitted. And that means that every company within a country needs to report how much CO2 is uh, emitted. So in Sweden and in Germany, uh, for example, they have already such a, such a law in place. Uh, so companies there report how much they, uh, they, uh, mm -hmm. they CO2 they emit. But in the Netherlands, um, that will come into effect in 2023. Okay, so so uh, so how will automation uh, help companies in in reporting uh, their carbon footprint? Um, yeah, I think how automation can help in there is making the right calculation um, for those reports. So let's say you have a big, big, uh, big manufacturer of, of something, of clothes, for example, um, and they have transportation companies in service, of course. 
Uh, but a transportation company, uh, so one big manufacturer is one transportation company, just uh, to make it a little bit easy. Mm-hmm. But that specific transportation company, of course, has different customers as well. Yeah. Uh, also to fill in the truck, to load up the truck fully. Um, so uh, let's give the example. So the transportation company has two, um, two customers and one customer uh, needs to have their cargo loaded to Utrecht. And the other one needs to go to Zwolle. Yes. Um, you might think it's what's quite easy. So uh, first it goes to Utrecht, so it pays for half the emission from uh, Utrecht uh, um, from their from their um, uh, uh, where they started, and the other half will get paid fully by the customer in Zwolle. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference there because maybe uh, the customer in Zwolle has uh, five units uh, in the in the truck, mm-hmm. and Utrecht only has one unit. So of course the customer in Utrecht doesn't want to pay uh, for the full half from. Uh, from their starting location to Utrecht. Yeah, that's true. And and the same uh, for Zwolle. And um, the load uh, maybe has also a factor in how much CO2 is actually emitted. And all those kind of things need to be taken into account when reporting the right CO2 emissions towards your customer. So the transportation company, he needs to report their emissions towards their customer. So that big clothing manufacturer, for example. And that clothing manufacturer then in turn needs to report it back to the government. Yeah, so so it's uh, it's uh, sounds like large volumes of uh, of various types of data that have to be uh, uh, analyzed and then allocated uh, uh, to the right uh, to uh, to the right customers or to the right companies. Exactly, and and I think the the word you used allocation that's the key here, and that's how you can solve this one because we're now we're talking about one truck, uh, but what if it goes first by truck and then maybe by by ship? or maybe by air freight or, or whatever, um, that all needs to be taken into account with us, that calculation and therefore with the allocation as well. So nobody pays too much and nobody pays too little. It's, it is how it should Yeah, be. that's everything from 33, trucks, truck, uh, 33 pallets on a truck to uh, more than 20,000 containers on, a, uh, on an ocean vessel. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. So these companies are reporting into governments. Which is which is good and which is necessary, um, but there's a uh, there's a growing interest in in sustainability. Yeah. Uh, there's there's consumers that are deciding to uh, buy from this company because they uh, look at their carbon footprint and ignore that company because it's doing thing that that things that are harmful to the to the world. So I can imagine that uh, this information is uh, uh, more useful to companies than uh, than just the reporting to to the government. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, definitely. You also see a lot more that when when a new transportation company is selected, that CO2 is taking a a role in that that selection procedure. Mm -hmm. Not as much as, well, personally, I would like to see, uh, but it's getting there. Um, And what we hear from uh, from those companies as well is that it gets a bigger and bigger role. So those that the the big uh, manufacturer, for example, Things very important uh, that CO2 is reported correctly, so then they can tell their customers as well. Hey, in this case, we um, we uh, emitted only this much CO2. Furthermore, of course, for every ton CO2, you will need to pay. Uh, mm-hmm. So if your transportation company can do it very sustainable and with low emissions, uh, in turn, your costs will go down as well because you simply have to pay less um, to the government. Um, but also another very important one is that you can actually steer on the information that you have. So on one hand, you have your CO2 emissions, which is, mm-hmm. is great and you need, and you need to steer on that. 
but you have way more information, of course, especially as a logistical company. So you have financial information, you have uh, a planning info, you've got all kinds of information. And combining those data sources, um, you can improve your whole business model. So let's say um, we got that example from Utrecht and Zwolle again. Mm -hmm. So the whole time you go from one place to Utrecht and then to Zwolle. But maybe uh, it is better to go from Zwolle to Utrecht. And also it's, it's difficult to do it yourself, but then you can simulate it based on the data that you have from your own sources, but also from external sources. So now with, uh, well, well, in the day we live now, we can get data from Google Maps. So we know at six yep. o'clock, there's a huge traffic jam between the Hague and uh, Utrecht. You don't want to go there. So mm -hmm. let's avoid that highway at six o'clock and make sure we are that highway at two o'clock, for example, and we take a different route back. And that already can get, uh, well, a big efficiency um, efficiency on your, on your business. Just by knowing, you can steer on it. Yeah, so that's, I guess, what I was saying, uh, the huge amount uh, of data. So, so I'm guessing this is also where, uh, where hyper-automation uh, comes back into the game uh, to help with this. Yeah, definitely. So you've got, indeed, a huge amount of information, which is uh, spread over uh, a big amount of, uh, of systems. Yeah, internal systems, In external ex systems. Exactly, internal systems. And sometimes, uh, in some cases, they're not even internal systems, but they're still an Excel sheet. Uh, but that's the strength of hyper-automation, that you can get those data points uh, from different systems or from different Excel sheets mm -hmm. towards one clear overview. And you can combine what you want to combine. So I want to combine CO2 and my financial reports, sure, I can combine those two. I want to combine CO2 with uh, the planning, sure, I can combine those two. And that makes it really easy. Uh, Steven, uh, thank you for that. Uh, I think you uh, you clearly explained uh, what hyper-automation is uh, and what uh, and what the, the power of hyper-automation is. Um, uh, do you have any uh, closing thoughts for, for our listeners? Um, yeah, I would say realize what you have because uh, you, yeah, of course, your core business uh, is, for example, transportation, but you produce so much data and all the data uh, is usable in some way or form to measure your performance better, to steer on the data that you pr uh, produce in the past. And that's important. Just be aware of what you have. And then you can start, hey, I have that data. I produce this data. Now, what can I do with it? And that what we can do with it, that's exactly something that we normally help with. Excellent advice. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was sponsored by Visma Connect. Visma Connect empowers citizens, companies and governments through secure, efficient and qualified digital information exchange worldwide. They do this by designing, building, connecting, analyzing and managing information chains and data sharing ecosystems for the public, healthcare, logistics and financial sectors. For more information, please visit VismaConnect.com. That's V-I-S-M-A-Connect.com.